Welcome to Family Life's Inside Out, where we look at how God transforms His people from the inside out. I'm Martha Manikis Foster, and today we'll be looking at some of the very adult pressures that girls face as they grow up. My guest is Dr. Danny Huerta, author and licensed clinical social worker who serves as Vice President of Parenting for Focus on the Family, headquartered in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Welcome, Danny, to Inside Out. Well, thank you so much, Martha, for having me on the show. I'm so excited to be with you. What an important topic we're going to be talking about. I'm excited yeah, about it. I think so, too. Thanks so much for being with me. So, so Danny, why don't we start out with what does it mean when people say that girlhood is being sexualized? And if you see this, if, if you see it as a concern, how do you see this playing out in fashion, games, toys, all these things that are available even to the youngest girls? Yeah, so I have a daughter. She's 18, and I've worked with with a lot of young women in my private practice as a therapist, worked in schools, worked with a lot of young girls that have uh, been in this culture that tells them that one of the most important things they can do as a teen girl is to be sexy, to be attractive on the external side, and their whole purpose is to attract a guy. And uh, it's interesting the different messages boys get compared to girls within culture. For boys, I'll just say briefly, for boys, it's to to conquer as many girls as possible. For a girl, it's to be as sexy as possible. But if they get involved with too many guys, then it's something derogatory, whereas for boys, it's something uh, cool or positive. And so just mixed messages that girls wrestle with. Yeah. And what I've seen with, with my daughter is her wrestling match with what culture's saying, what what friends are saying, and the way they dress and and the way they act and, and the, what they're talking about, and then what we're talking about in the home, and mm. then what we're talking about within the culture and the, the area of the church. And so <laughs> a lot of mixed messages, but certainly what you're saying is society highlights the sexuality of a, of a young woman as being one of the most important things they, they can be or do. I've, I find one of the dilemma, a dilemma anyway, is that when a child says, but well, this is pretty, or this toy is fun, or that's what it looks like to be pretty, and they're, they're innocent, their motives are innocent, do you find that it's still harmful to them? I do, somewhat, right? Because it, it definitely opens up some conversations on what beautiful even is. Mm-hmm. And I, I, sure. I remember with my daughter at an early age, so how do we know when something is beautiful or someone has beauty? Well, how do we know that? Who defined that? And We've had great conversations on that. But if you look at some of the dolls that are out there now, like the Barbie Pop Reveal, mm-hmm. they have tiny skirts, tiny tops. If you look at the LOL Surprise OMG dolls, they have tiny clothes. It's mm-hmm. like every doll has very few clothes mm-hmm. and some of them a lot of makeup. And it's communicating this is normal. This is the norm. And so it creates distortions for our young girls that are four, five, six, they're longing to be a little older and, and, and to grow up. There's this longing for that, and, and there's an assumption. I'm more autonomous. I'm more grown up. I belong. I'm worth something. I'm competent. Uh-huh. If I mirror these dolls and I mirror older girls that are mirroring some of these dolls, and that they start to become a part of this normalization of certain behaviors and it's, it begins with some of the messages we see right. on, on movies and then on uh, just the toys and the stores and, and then with, with our friends. And so that's how girls begin to figure out what's normal. We long to feel 
that we're normal, we're, we're okay. We fit in, right, right. Yeah. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Inside Out on Family Life. I'm talking about the sexualization of girlhood today with focus on the family's vice president of parenting, Danny Huerta. Danny, you're talking about those different messages, right, that your daughter's getting, that girls are getting from the different parts of their lives, the different spheres in their lives. We believe there are benefits in the church as people who follow Jesus. We believe there's benefits to modesty. And that's for boys and for girls and all of us, but girls and women specifically for the conversation we're having now, all of us are more than sexual objects. But even just on a human development level, what kind of pressure does a girl, a child, or or a teen, what kind of pressure does she feel when what she wears and what she plays with has a sexual meaning to others? So I've decided it's pretty, mom, don't worry about it, this is what pretty is, but it communicates to other people who, who see the code or see what the message is that maybe I don't see as a little girl. Yeah, that's a great point. There's there's a whole psychology of dress, and it continues to expand. It really started to take off about 10 years ago, where they explored the psychology of how people feel mm-hmm. with what they wear, and then how we interpret one another. There's a, there's a lot ah. of communication with color, with the way we dress, what we put on. It's where they say, hey, you're, you're, you're dressing for success, or you're dressed for success. That, that's the power suit. There's some a connotation with that. And so... When, when we look at the way that they, they say girls should dress, it communicates something to someone else. And my daughter and I have had some great conversations on this. And I think this is what you're talking about. She says, well, I, I love wearing these, these leggings. She loves, she's an aerial acrobat. She, she loves to wear the tight clothes because that's what she feels comfortable with. That's how she's trained. Mm-hmm. But then we've talked about there's certain things that you wear out when you're going to be with with a boyfriend or with friends, and then there's certain things you wear in the gym, and mm-hmm. there's certain places where you wear certain things. And I said, with what you're wearing right now, you're communicating this. And, and she goes, well, no, that's not what I'm trying to communicate. I just, this is comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we've gone back and forth. She said, I can't control what other people think. Exactly. Right. That's the answer that you're going to get, right. <laughs> that's right. But... We live in a sexualized world, and you, you mentioned it, the de- developmental reality that there's attraction. There's mm-hmm. attraction visually that we've been built with this, this attraction in us. I'll tell you a quick story, Martha. Sure. We yeah. were, my son and I, we were walking in the mall together, and I knew he was about eight years old, and I knew Victoria's Secret was coming up. Right. And so I said, hey, let's, let's look over to our right. We're going to be walking, and <laughs> Let's look at the jewelry store. That was the one that was across mm-hmm. the, the way. And I saw him peek and then just turn away. And we, we kept walking a little ways. And I said, hey, I saw that, that you took a look. And I, I just wanted to see what he would do with the whole thing. And mm-hmm. I said, what do you feel? And he said, well, I felt tinglies. And I said, oh, that's attraction. That's something beautiful that God gave us for a reason and for a purpose. And it's, it's this attraction within his design. And it has a timing to it. But it also requires you learning how to love and, and how to respect. And there are a lot of things that need to be mixed with attraction for it to be a healthy attraction right. uh, to a woman. And I said, what do you think was happening? He said, well, I think they're selling underwear. And I said, you're right. And they're also kind of selling the woman. Mm-hmm. And she's put as an object, and it's treating her not as a child of God. You know, as dads and as moms, we need to tra- train our sons on how to be respectful and how to be contributors rather than consumers of people and women, because mm-hmm. culture's training that side. On the other side, 
with our girls, we want to train them to learn how to be contributed to rather than consumed. Mm-hmm. And so the way we dress, are we wanting, are we looking for that attention? Because modesty means that you're not pointing all the attention to yourself when you're looking at the definition of modesty. And yeah. as, as young women, you're pointing to a heavenly father, the maker. You don't want people to worship you. You want people to worship the heavenly father that you follow. Mm-hmm. And so you show that you can be life-giving, you can be loving, you have gifts and talents to give away. That's where a girl, a young woman, finds fulfillment is in the purpose of who she's been created rather than being the one that's worshipped and needing needing that attention. And that's what modesty is about. It's not this, well, I need to cover everything up. It's I need to point the right direction for the attention. Who am I pointing to mm-hmm. in the direction? What am I doing? How am I carrying myself as I'm walking into places? And there's so much to this this sexualization. There's a walk and a certain movement that girls are taught by, by example, also contribute. By the people you look up to as a girl, that's how you're taught? Yes, yeah. through that Instagram, Facebook, social media, movies, mm-hmm. that there's a certain walk and a certain movement, a certain sway and a certain clothing that'll get you the attention you're wanting so that you feel and fulfill those four thirsts that are so common to girls and that's, or to humans. And that is, I belong. You know, I've, mm-hmm. and then the other one is I have worth. Mm-hmm. I'm competent. I'm good at something, and people can admire me. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is the, the sense of autonomy. I can make my own decisions. I'm mm-hmm. grown up. And to add a fifth is a sense of safety. I'm safe because people are looking at me. They they admire me. They 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 like how I dress. There's this false sense of of being loved by someone uh-huh. when really a girl's being consumed. And so this word modesty is an interesting one, Martha, that parents need to dig into just on that that definition. Sure. That it's not all about these rules and it needs to be the, this many inches and all that. It's looking mm-hmm. deeper at what are the feelings, what are the beliefs, what are the perceptions, what are the deeper needs for that girl mm-hmm. in the way she's dressing. Go into those conversations rather right. than having to be around all the rules. Right. The rules by themselves don't explain the why, and our kids want to know the why. But if we can bring our children around to see the why of it, what the purpose is, and even maybe in this case, some of the consequences, when a woman no longer can attract because of their physical appearance, if that's everything is riding on, then the the self-esteem has just tanked, right? There's an incredibly low self-esteem, and the things that come out of that, well, you would know better than I, but... Eating disorders, depression, all kinds of things come out of having built our esteem on the wrong foundation. Oh, yes. Even, even to the point of trauma, traumatic experience where they feel traumatized by the fact that they're not attractive enough anymore. Mm-hmm. And there's this sense of panic that I am never going to experience love mm. from another person and I'm going to be alone. Mm. What you want to do as a parent is rest with them for a moment in there and, and and, and explore a little bit more deeply into what that experience is like for your daughter. Instead of just passing through that saying, wow, that makes sense that you'd feel anxiety and panic if that's the only way you think you can get love. Mm-hmm. And, and tell me more about that. And listen, be present with your daughter there. and Grieve with your daughter if she's struggling with some of that. And then help her begin to see an expanded view of who she's being created to be. Gifts and talents 
the fact that she can be life-giving when she enters a room mm. and change another person's day and life with a smile, with who she's been designed and created to be by her Heavenly Father, that her thoughts and ideas have a ton of value to the people around her. Mm-hmm. I hope her see an expanded view of herself. And a couple things that I, I've loved doing with my daughter throughout the years is I, I know in the mirror there's a lot of struggle with self-abuse, I could, I could say, mm-hmm. you know, okay. maybe from words that have been said or assumptions that have been made. And in that mirror, there are a lot of lies that are hitting our daughters and our sons. And what I've done is, is I use a chalk marker and I drew a circle. Actually, I did a heart for my daughter. Mm-hmm. And I put truths about who she is beyond her external beauty, who she is uniquely made and what I love about her. Put a, I put a verse there and I want her to have life-giving words that she sees when she sees herself in the mirror and remembers that mm-hmm. as she's wrestling alone with those with those lies that I need to be a certain way in order to have love. Mm -hmm. I want her to know you are loved and out of that flow, you can love other people. You need to go out full rather than thirsty. Mm. And sometimes in that dressing, what culture's saying, you need to be sexual in order to be loved. That's not true. You are loved and out of that, there can be a great sexuality that you enjoy within a loving, committed covenant relationship and God's designed it that way. So let's talk to our daughters about sex at an early age to help them understand the purpose and the beauty and the sacredness of their sexuality, that it's not something bad, mm-hmm. but there's a design to it, just like there's a design to them as young girls. And with my daughter, I've written notes on a, a little book at her spot at the kitchen table. She's got a little journal. I have one. My wife has one. My son has one. And we write life-giving words to one another. We don't write in our own journals, but I love writing quotes of reassurance of who she is versus as well in that book that she can take when she has some of those Mm self-doubts. And I've asked her the question, so who gets the most votes in your life? Who, Hmm. Who do you compare yourself to? And, and you admire the most, they get, they get a lot of votes. So who are you comparing yourself to fashion wise, hair wise, beauty wise, intelligence wise. And when people say something, who gets the most mm-hmm. votes in what you believe? And it's been interesting to, to, to look at who gets that and the why behind that. Mm-hmm. Sure. And usually it has to do with that popularity, something she wants or admires in that person. Mm-hmm. But as parents, we just need to be intentional in our conversations. You said exploring the why with them and helping them understand that, not being threatened by that. Right. Very, very interesting. Thank you. Now, let's talk about like the very youngest girls. You're talking about some very intelligent conversations that you're having with your daughter. And of course, we do that mm-hmm. gradually, right, as they're growing up. Yes. But for the youngest of girls, you know, parents and, and aunts and uncles, you know, we can decide not to to purchase fishnet stockings, for instance, for our kindergartners or dolls that wear them. But the environment around the girls, as you've mentioned, you know, that doesn't change because we're choosing not to buy toys that are sexualized or that encourages sexualization of our girls. So what do you recommend for parents of the youngest girls who want their daughters to, you know, have time to be girls before they grow up? But of course, as parents, we don't want to cloister them from the environment either. No, yeah. Help them find a, a variety of interests, and when you when you give them feedback on who they are, there's a tendency for a lot of people to say, oh, man, you're so beautiful. Look how mm. beautiful you look. And it's 
all about that. And that's when they get the feedback, the most feedback and the most energetic feedback. And uh, it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you've done that or you've damaged a young girl. But what you can do is expand that and say, man, I love that thought, right? Mm -hmm. I love when you do this or love a variety of things and show that excitement of what you're discovering and who they are. Mm-hmm. And then take time for a relationship, just hanging out with them, playing a variety of things they're interested in to show that love and attachment and developing that attachment with them. And then having very clear, clearly defined boundaries on, on what shows they watch, what movies they watch, if they're going to have social media or phones, what friends they're choosing to have when they start in preschool and kindergarten and where they're going. Mm-hmm. It's okay to have rules. Those are very loving things to do for our young daughters and help them learn those words, contributor and consumer from an early age. How can they be contributors? Who are contributors in life? Who are mm-hmm. the ones that actually care about others mm-hmm. and are loving and are kind? And then you model it, right, in your home. You model what you're going to teach. And so I remember working with, with this uh, young mom. She was raising up a young daughter and she goes, man, I want her to dress modestly. And, and she... <laughs> She herself mm. was not at all, and mm. she didn't grow up with the, with the boundaries and rules to help her understand what that even looked like. So in, in, in talking with her about what, what kind of culture do you want to create in your home, what, what are your dreams for your daughter, and how can you model exactly what you're wanting in your daughter, mm-hmm. that was life-giving for her. She was excited to explore what that was like. She had to find a mentor woman to kind of help her with that. Sure. Some parents... There's some unfinished business emotionally, mentally, relationally that mm-hmm. becomes unhealthy as parents where they, through their children's beauty and acceptance and people being attracted to them and their popularity, they feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. There's something they're living out through their kids, much like sports, but in this case, through the beauty, if they have the most attractive daughter and everybody loves, they go, oh my goodness, you have the most beautiful daughter somehow they feel better about themselves and more important, more worthwhile. And it's as if they're using this daughter as a way to fulfill their unmet needs and feel just better about themselves. And it's an interesting psychology when you explore it with parents. Initially, there's a lot of defensiveness, but when you get beyond that that surface area and go, okay, let's be real here. Let's be honest. Why do you even want that? Mm -hmm for your daughter? What, what's the purpose? What's the goal for her? What's the aspiration? Mm-hmm. And if it's to find love, she's not going to find it that way. So it's not that. She's only going to find pain right. and disappointment. There's some things that are really empty that you're allowing your girl to go after. Mm-hmm. And yet there's something that you find very rewarding for yourself. And so as parents, we just need to think through that. If, if we're kind of in that place, we're going, oh my goodness, I want to have this beautiful girl. Is it out of this idea that you really want the best for your daughter? And is, is there a more complete beauty that can be pursued for your daughter, including just that self-confidence and who she's been designed to be in a pointing to her creator rather than pointing to herself? And uh, that just takes some self-reflection to, to be in that spot and to help guide our girls towards a steadfast faith in Christ and also to learn more about what it means to be a masterpiece of this creation when you look at Ephesians 2.10.
Mm-hmm. And do you see too many parents having this comparison that they feel less than if they don't have the number one child and whatever it is? Whatever it is. I, and, I, I, had, a sad place. I had never thought of that. I mean, I've certainly thought about it as parents with the academics of their, of their kids and the sports that their kids are in. I had not ever thought of that before as a way of my daughter's beauty fulfilling my desire. Uh, so one article we have, Martha, on our site is dads and how they can contribute to their daughters, dads and their daughters, mm-hmm. and 13 ways that a dad can be a, a very positive influence to their daughters. And we have plenty of articles on focusonparenting.com, focusonparenting.com that you can peruse, and a whole category on sexuality and how to guide our kids at each age and stage of their development, from the age of four, the age of three, starting those conversations all the way to 18, and you'll find resources there for you as you help guide your kids. It's a, it's a world that needs your guidance, uh, especially for each of your kids in different ways. They have different personalities, different needs, different mm-hmm. interests, different ways they interpret things and their friends, and they need you to, to lean in and be relational with them along the way. Right, right. So be looking at the different ways that you can create that that environment that goes beyond the external beauty and goes and goes deeper. And when you're looking at toys, when you're looking around, just help to redirect. So if you say, no, nah, let's not do that one. Let's do this one mm-hmm. instead. With young girls, they need the instead. Let's, yeah. let's choose a different, mm-hmm. oh, this, this toy is better. Instead of just saying, no, we can't do that. No, no, no. You go no and then the yes. What? So what is it that you're defining mm-hmm. is a toy that she could be, playing with and is is more appropriate. And Mm -hmm. there are plenty of toys to choose from. It does take some nose and some energy. And many parents are burned out and tired. Uh, But this is a worthwhile one to really Mm -hmm. dig into and uh, help define for your girls that sex isn't bad. Sexuality isn't bad. It's something beautiful, but with the right definition from a biblical worldview. And then help them understand that there's a lot of fashion that can be really fun to explore, and then there's fashion that communicates the wrong message. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you, Danny, for joining me here today on Inside Out and for the work that Focus on the Family does in this area. Martha, thank you so much. What a privilege to be with you. May God bless you. Oh, thank you. My guest has been Focus on the Family's Vice President of Parenting, Danny Huerta. You can learn more about Focus on the Family and the services it offers by going to focusonthefamily.com. That's all together, focusonthefamily.com. I'm Martha Manikas Foster with Inside Out on Family Life. 